0: Michelle Live Podcast. My, my,
1: my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle, Michelle. Live. Sports Timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle.
0: Sports fans of all ages, it is time. Get ready. It's gonna get loud, it's gonna get crazy, and it's gonna get fun. It's time for sports. sports.
1: Oh.
0: Red
2: dog, red
0: dog, go, 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 go! Go go. Go, red All right, as we clear the turkey from the table and as the holidays start we are running towards it's like the starting gun we're running towards the pumpkin pie with whipped cream drizzled on top of, it <laughs> of football and sports season for me I love this time of the year uh, with some confusion by the way no apple cup on the table this year and that's going to be kind of interesting uh, because the huskies didn't actually know who was coming to dinner so we'll be taking on that. Some other COVID issues. We're going to be talking sports from a we love Seattle sports kind of point of view. And let me introduce you to the round table of fellas. On this side, we have Garrick Payne. He is a pastor. He is a coach. He is. uh, What else are you? I mean, just I'm a soccer player. And, and he's a fan he's
3: a fan, fan. He's
0: a sports fan and then we have with us rich holstrom he is the author of thunder sports network co-author we won't mention the other guy cuz he's not here today what's up with that adelin and-
1: has left us
0: it's an important game that's being played today. So I get it. I get it. Uh, Rich is also what we call the official 12th man. He is a veteran sports reporter, Brent Baker. He is a sports writer. He is a sports photographer. He is the author of probably the coolest sci-fi book I may have ever read breaking yesterday which will be available after the first of the year way to go love the book we'll talk about that on another podcast and then we have our sports authority joshua mcmillan he's on twitter by the way at josh reports live tweet him he's a tweet tweet. tweet. i'm michelle mendoza and we are talking sports today fellas so glad to have you with us today happy blue friday
2: Happy Blue Friday, Michelle. Michelle. Happy Blue Friday. Happy Uh, very Blue Friday. Friday. If we
3: play Monday night, does it become Blue Saturday, though?
0: I think it's Blue. (laughs) (laughs) It's Blue Weekend.
3: Blue Weekend. weekend. There you go.
0: Here in Seattle, we don't often have blue skies. It's gray this time of the year. So every Friday, we get blue. And honestly, I know I'm wearing a Sounder shirt today, but I do have my Seahawks. (laughs) <laughs> slippers ugly slippers it's as bad as uh, you know ugly christmas sweaters <laughs> so, guys the seahawks are back last week oh, they were yeah. back we redeemed ourselves a bit, didn't we? I mean, we had our first loss of the year to the Cardinals, uh, 37-34, but the defense seemed to come alive last week and we pulled it out of a hat. Uh, 29-21 win over the Cardinals. Before we go big into Monday Night Football Talk, what put us over the top last week, Brent?
2: Uh, I think two things. First of all, the return of Chris Hyde because I think it, it made the running game much more of a threat, which made Russell more effective. Uh, secondly, the defense, um, you know, they talked about having sort of a, well, a come-to-Jesus moment um, as far as their defensive accountability meetings during the week, and I think you could see that on the field, where even though we're still down injuries, guys played disciplined, there was only really one ugly breakdown on that one goal line touchdown pass but really they played a controlled game not a lot of broken coverages um, really contained kyler murray uh, put the hurt on him several times so i think those are the two biggest things for me
0: all right garrick
2: no
3: i i completely concur with what brent was saying and i think we because of the return of of an actual running back I mean, not no disrespect to the other guys, but someone who understands and, and knows our system too. It just opened up so many more opportunities uh, for 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 more screen passes and and just more diversity of play. And so I, I think Russell was able to really execute. Um, and, and I think Russell um, got back into his groove because I felt like because he was feeling the pressure in the last few games, he was going outside of himself a little bit. And, and I think, and I don't know, I mean, you never know what goes on inside the head of someone like that, but because he was doing so well, and there was so much talk about the whole MVP thing, maybe he was thinking that he could do some things that maybe he actually couldn't do. Um, like in the previous game, when, when perhaps he should have passed and, 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 or should have run for the first down and and he just made that that really difficult pass and ended up in an interception. So, you know, it's it's those types of things. I felt like he was more back on his game, more back on solid footing. And I think that made all the difference.
0: Well, and can I just mention, Russell Wilson has the NFL record now for most wins by a quarterback. And, and you know, first two seasons, 24. Um, by the time you get to uh, season five, it was 56, time with Matt Ryan. Uh, season, it, it, when he got to eight seasons, 86, tied with Tom Brady. This year, nine seasons, bye-bye, Tom. Uh, 93, past Peyton Manning as well. So, you know, we've got Russ cooking, but, you know, we, we always get on this podcast, we always get to the God story. And Josh, sometimes life is like this, where, you know, you're good, you know, you've got, you know, you've got God on your side, but sometimes things just, you, you struggle. And somehow you find that it factor, like uh, Britt had mentioned, there's the sports come to Jesus moment, and there's the, we really got to come to Jesus moment. And sometimes that happens, Josh.
4: Yeah, you- I mean, it, it really can. And uh, I think come to Jesus moment is something that they had during the week, as, as we kind of mentioned, you know, and Ken Norton ha- made a players only meeting for defense and they went around and they had every single person say, this is what my responsibility is. This is how I help my team. This is how I help my brothers, you know? And so it's, it's coming together. It's kind of that, that LOB mentality that they maybe got away from a little bit, but it's, it's about, and you know, part of it, you got to chalk it up to, to the synergy that goes on in that room when we've had more defensive backfield configurations this year than we had in like five years previous, just because of the amount of injuries and the the new players and everything going on. So it's, it's, it's been difficult. And, you know, you go back to the running back too there is a reason that helps so much and pete carroll's preached about it you're probably familiar with the term the circle of toughness that pete carroll always talks about that circle of toughness if you want a tough defense you gotta have that tough running game you just gotta hit people and you know as much as i like some of the other running backs on our roster in different roles specifically like third back i think dj dallas could be a great third down back you know to catch it out of the slot but carlos hyde chris carson these are guys that hit people you know it, it famously as that uh, Marshawn Lynch said, "You just gotta hit them over and over and over and over, and once you pound them into the ground, then you got that toughness established. And they, they have to respect that. And then Russell Wilson gets more time in the pocket, so he's not running for his life. And no, just no offense to our offensive line, who's actually been really good this year, been really pleased with how they've played. But that's the circle of toughness, you know. And regardless of how you want to play the game, if you play finesse style on offense, your defense just it's, it's not tough. It doesn't play to that same toughness." And if you go down the field in three plays, they don't have any time off the field. You eat time off the clock with that running game. You, you put, put it in their mind that they're going to hit you. And then the defense, they'll feed off of that. And there's that synergy around the entire team that we're talking about. And that's why I think the Seahawks are in a great position to hopefully win out the rest of the year, maybe even get a number one seed. If this defense yeah. is turned around like we're seeing it. And Carlos Dunlap, great game. That is what we needed. That's what Jaron Reed needed. And Snacks Harrison, by the way, Snacks Harrison, shout out to him. He's been offered multiple times this year to be signed off our practice squad to other teams. And every time he said no. And one of my favorite things on Twitter, someone uh, tweeted at him saying, Hey, you know, the Titans signed you uh, or wanted to sign you. You could have been playing with them the whole week and said, you're sitting on the Seahawks practice squad and Snacks Harrison responded. I'm a grown ass man. I do what I want. <laughs>
0: better be sitting on the sidelines with the seahawks then okay (laughs) And guys, when we talk often about sports being an analogy for life, and that's where I wanted to say, this is a tough time for a lot of folks. And sometimes sports is a bit of a relief and sometimes sports talk as well. But I wanted to get to that, uh, Rich, who's been, we've been ignoring Rich up to this point, but that's okay, because we wanted to bring him into the finale as we talk uh, about the Seahawks and their kind of redemption, you know, getting, starting off strong, getting off track, coming back on sometimes it's that love your brother come together that's what we're lacking in america but maybe something we can show in the world of faith rich
1: well i think the seahawks showed that a team game is better than a one-man game no team with a one-man game is ever going to sustain the success that the seahawks have shown during the during the Pete carroll era and the seahawks got back to their own original personality the personality that won a super bowl That is what that team looked like last week with Carlos Hyde and Carlos Dunlap on defense and Jaron Reed finally getting some pressure on the quarterback up the middle on the defensive line. So you saw the Seahawks get back to their original personality as a team and you saw their best effort of the year all around.
0: That's a good thing too. Now Kyler Murray has some Russell-esque tendencies. You know, we're talking about that one man, and he was leading his force fairly well last week. Though he did, we did deal with an injury with him potentially. But last week, the Seahawks had 269 yards, two touchdowns with Russ. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, with with uh, Kyler Murray, Russell had 197 yards, two touchdowns. So I wanted to speak briefly how we still let so many rushing yards into play. I mean I know our defense looked better but we're letting a lot of rushing yards into play still, aren't we guys?
1: Well actually if you look at the numbers for Kyler Murray he only had 5 carries for 15 yards okay. as a as a quarterback. So they were they were able to cor- they were able to corral him The passing yards for Murray didn't really amount to much because Seattle was able to control the overall tempo and dictate play during the entire game. That's what you saw. The Seahawks got back. Once again, I'll say it this way. They got back to their original personality that won them a Super Bowl. Okay, that
0: was then. This is now we're going into. Monday Night Football, they're set to play the Philadelphia Eagles so Russ Wilson is going to be facing off against Wentz. How do you think we're going to fear, let's go to Josh.
4: Yeah, I, I really like our chances moving forward. I, and I alluded to it earlier. I, you know, I, we have a couple games that are going to be tough. I mean, one against the Rams. Uh, but, I, I mean, this coming week, we have we have one of the easiest schedules at, towards the end of the season here, guys. We have a really great opportunity. And I really like – Uh, what we have potentially coming up on this Monday night game after having a Thursday night game. So we had a mini buy here. You know, we had a couple couple extra days of rest that we get in between to get some guys back and get guys healthy. I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde, his first game after a while, he was probably sore, (laughs) needs some time. But Chris Carson, likely to come back. Shaquille Griffin, likely to come back. Like we have some of the guys that we've been waiting for, you know, and this is exciting. You know, we're getting healthy down the stretch. Rashad Penny might be coming back in a couple weeks here too, uh, if not this week so you know i really like what our chances look down the stretch with these with the reinforcements that we're getting back snacks harrison is getting signed to the active roster and he's going to add some defensive tackle depth there as well and man that's a that's a big boy and uh, (laughs) Ken norton
0: jr how about his contribution ken norton jr
4: you know i i think ken norton is a good coach i feel like he could use some help back there but i i think that we saw it turn around a little bit you know there's these guys that are getting used to playing the system a lot of new people a lot of new faces and just not a lot of playing together you know and i think that I think he's going to do a good job moving on. I still would like to see Bam Bam Cam skulking around the sidelines there, hunting for, hunting for hits and uh, see him kind of motivate this team and bring them up, you know, because that's a, that guy was the leader on that defense. I mean, we talk about all the alpha males that were on that defense back in the day, the Legion of Boom defense. There's a lot of really loud guys in that room. But the two guys that commanded the respect of the locker room, the two guys that led that locker room of alpha males, was Bobby Wagner and Cam Chancellor. Those are the guys that didn't speak often, but when they spoke, they're heard. And I would love to see that energy on the sideline with Cam Chancellor again.
0: Okay, okay. So, guys, I just want to make an observation. I know we're having a, a fun discussion, but to be really honest, as we're, I'm watching you on Zoom, you guys look like you've had a lot of turkey, and the tryptophan has kicked in. So. <laughs>
3: The tryptophan hangover, yes.
0: <laughs> I just say it. So let's just let's. I'm just throwing it that's out. That's
3: because we're not talking about soccer. That's all.
0: Okay. <laughs> gonna get there. So we do. Come on. How's it going to shape up Monday night? Let's talk about it. I'm not. confident think I think,
2: that, I, think I think this is a great opportunity for the Seahawks defense to prove that what we saw last week was not an illusion. Because the Eagles are a Excellent mess. Point. The Eagles are a mess. They really. I don't know if any of their, their starting wide receivers are available. They just lost one of their offensive linemen for the season. Wentz looks like he's seeing ghosts out there. So I think if the defense can put the hammer down, it'll be a real statement going forward. That's it. The, the offense, I think they're going to do what they do. Uh, I think the, the game, the game that I'm most worried about other than the Rams is, uh, the Redskins. excuse me, the X skins. Um, that that team looked
0: it's kind of like prince the team uh, the, formerly, formerly known formerly known
2: as the washington oh, football team because i you know i know i know the cowboys aren't the best team but but that they walked over game, that yesterday. running ga- that running game was impressive and that'll yes, be so another well, one of those that'll be another one of those 10am 3000 miles across well, the country well, games that's what kind about of the sneaky, Steelers, sneaky guys. The
0: Steelers are, are 10 and 0. And that's kind of interesting, by the way. This is kind of uh, something we need to delve into today. The uh, in other NFL news. Steelers canceled today's practice. They're waiting word on Sunday's game against the Ravens.
2: It's now Tuesday. It's okay. Now Tuesday.
0: Now gonna be Tuesday. Okay. Yep. So they say. Uh, what yep. so for the record, I'm not a Steelers fan, but you've got to kind of feel it for their fans. This is the second time this year they've had that kind of crazy upset. I think the first one was with the Tennessee Titans, but the Steelers are 10 and 0. So they're they're doing they're doing fairly well. Will they be a force to be reckoned with? And what about what about this crazy schedules that, that we're all having to deal with? Garrick? Well,
3: I- I mean, going back to the Seahawks for Monday night, I, I really do feel like that that whole NFC East is. I mean, Washington is the best team in the East, and they've got four wins, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, and I, I agree with what was said. I mean, we can't just take them for granted either, but um, but yeah, the schedule and and everything, it, and the Steelers. I mean, they're they're a real team, and so so definitely they. I mean, their their numbers show it, and Big Ben. I mean, he had one off game, but he's he's been he's been executing, and 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 they're they're going to be they're going to be the force.
0: Well, I want to take it to uh, our face off conversation today because we're dealing with a lot of crazy COVID stuff and we need to keep keep taking this on. I mean, think about this. WSU canceled a football game because they didn't have enough scholarship players. Okay, now USC is canceling a game because they don't have enough players in a position we have the Steelers uh, that was up in the air but as you pointed out Brent we're looking at a Tuesday game with the Ravens everything is off is this a real are we just glad that we're not just watching marbles sorry Josh (laughs) or or is is this really a real year for sports let's take it on and face off this week we've got a face off they're going to face off against one. another. Glasses are coming up. What do you guys think?
1: I think the sports world has done the best job of co- coping with the COVID-19 outbreak. I think really?
0: That, because I'm like looking at USC and going, oh, you don't have enough players in this position. Then pick someone up, you know, play the game, you know, do the best you can. You go out there because that's how life is. Sometimes you go out there with what you've got and you give it the best shot that you have. I don't know. That's just me. Anyone else?
1: Well, I would say from from overall, when you look at sports, Major League Soccer did a great job uh, going through COVID. The NBA did a great job with the bubble concept going through COVID. The NFL has done a great job going through COVID. And as we talked about last week, Michelle, there has not been a single case that has been proven of transmission of COVID on the field during the, during play. So we got to keep that in mind. So I think... sports has done a great job. Okay, well, at uniting,
0: How at can you say they've done a good job? If, if there hasn't been a single case of them, uh, of showing transmission, are we going a little bit too far? I, I think it's a bit confusing. And I, again, I say USC suck it up, put someone in that position and play the best you can.
1: Well, that goes, and Garrick, you tell me, doesn't this show once again the ineptitude of the Pac-12 conference
3: and Larry Scott? <laughs> well, absolutely, I, and you took the words out of my mouth because it's it's the college game that I think is really messing. And and I think I, I I hate to say, but I, I feel like politics are in play once again because the the whole thing with these lockdowns and states and things like that and then the hypocrisy that we're seeing in terms of I mean our our own governor went to a conference in Hawaii uh last week and and it's like all right
0: come on
2: (laughs) I think I think in terms of the of how sports is management I managed it I think that the the pro leagues have done an outstanding job Mm-hmm. of coming up with a plan, staying with the plan, adjusting the plan when they found out, you know, like, like, you know, you see with the, with the NFL, now agree or disagree, you know, now you're seeing more cases. So they're saying, okay, mask the guys on the sidelines because they're standing together for longer periods of time, which is the time when you can get more transmission. The college game, you've seen it in football. All the conferences have done their own thing. You're seeing it in basketball where you've got like a third of the games canceled. I, I think the failure, you can talk about Larry Scott all you want, but I think the NCAA, granted they only have limited control over football, but the NCAA does not have a plan really to deal with this. Now, back to the whole uh, football situation with like USC. I know that within the, the conference guidelines for COVID management, there are specific guidelines for player availability in specific positions. Um, offensive and defensive line, not so much the skill positions, but I think Correct. that especially on, along the lines, if they don't have enough players, then that's that becomes an issue. And because they group players together, um, when you get an outbreak in a team, they are, it is going to spread within a specific position group. So if all of a sudden you only have two guys that okay. know how to play defensive yeah. line, then you have a safety issue with 19-year-old kids. So I get that part of it the bigger problem I have is with, with college sports, not really having a plan at all.
0: All right. And there, that's where we're at. I'd like for you to weigh in Josh as
4: well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've talked about this a lot on a lot of times, in a lot of different ways, but to me, it's funny how people there's been a lot of talk about how fascist we've been the last couple of years but i think we've forgotten what fascism actually is you know people shutting down other people's opinions not not listening to them um people in power saying do what i do or do as i say not as i do it's just it's it's ironic and i I think it's ridiculous in a lot of ways and we say listen to the science but are we actually listening to the science what's the science that we're we're listening to so uh, yeah i'm i've been of the mind for a while of let, let the boys play let 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 the boys play and uh, get get them out there so i don't know it's it's been a frustrating year and i just want to say as well i love marvel run so go check it
0: out. <laughs> Uh, Washington (laughs) Huskies defeated Arizona 44-27 last Saturday at Husky Stadium. There was supposed to be an Apple Cup this weekend. The Huskies were um, the, the Huskies are kind of in have been in limbo uh, they didn't know exactly who they were going to play as of you know early yesterday so now they're going to be taking on utah husky stadium saturday um, are we sure about that by the way <laughs> yes, we yeah. def-
1: yeah. yes we are definitely yes we are definitely sure about that going to be a great experience for the huskies at two and O. uh they get their first prime time on abc primetime exposure Show out a young offensive line that is protecting their quarterback redshirt freshman Dylan Morris, who's had two excellent games under control for the Huskies behind center. And I think it's going to be another chance for the Huskies to show off a powerful running game and some offensive linemen that uh, a lot of people are going to be looking at over the next few years. And Josh, you got to like this. Jimmy Lake said in the post-game press conference against Arizona that it could have been 60 to nothing. It was 37 to nothing before Arizona even scored last week. I think the Huskies are on a roll.
4: Huskies on a roll, Josh? Oh, yeah. I'm glad to see it. Now, Larry Scott, let us watch the games, please.
2: Yeah. (laughs) However, thank you, Larry. Um, Because of the way the Pac-12 set up their, like, rescheduling criteria this could have been Brigham Young they're playing that um is has well thought they had designs on the college football playoff until the rankings came out this week but an BYU wants no
1: them. part of Washington if BYU they want a chance to play no of-
2: if, if they want a chance at the playoff they need a game like Washington which they're not going to get now but because the Pac-12 stipulated that it that if a Pac-12 team became available, bef- you know, as late as Thursday Correct. in the week, that the Washington would have to play them, BYU wasn't willing to schedule that. I think there was definitely some gamesmanship involved there. But at the same time, ultimately, we can go back to Pac-12 policy preventing that game from happening. Because I think, I think UW should be able to take Utah. BYU is a different matter. But it would have been a much more, uh, much more Thanksgiving-worthy game to play.
1: <laughs> the last two games, BYU has been outscored by Washington 80 to 26. BYU wants no part of Washington on any football field here or in an alternate universe. But they want to play you're, you're, Alabama.
0: <laughs> you look like you're set up, yeah. You look like you're set up for the Apple Cup that will not be.
3: Yeah, I know. I've got my flag in the background, but uh it it's yeah, I'm just disappointed. I and I I've almost kind of switched off because it it's like there's just so day-to-day and and just so unpredictable. It, it's it's just frustrating.
0: It is frustrating, but I think there is some reprieve to talk about. Let's just let's just mention Gonzaga, should we? Not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we know what Derek's thinking.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> basketball, let's
0: basketball. This is Gonzaga. We'll t- we'll right. get to the grand finale in a little bit. Can we do okay. that? All right, like- sounds good. <laughs> right, We're gonna go.
1: give the Sounders their moment in the sun. Trust me, <laughs> Rich Gonzaga. <laughs> well, Gonzaga once again starts off another college basketball season as one of the top-rated teams. Game number one against number six, Kansas, Gonzaga number one. They win by 12, 102 to 90. Mark Few has the program once again rolling again. Gonzaga basketball for the last 15, 20 years, the best college basketball program in Washington State, and I will also say on the West Coast.
0: Yeah, pretty, pretty exciting to watch. All right, guys, you know, we've waited for it. Garrick's getting impatient. (laughs) I think it's time that we talk a little
2: Man, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's as old that's as old as the old Houston Oilers song. That's been around <laughs> forever. That's <laughs> yeah. as old as
1: 1974, ladies that's and
2: gentlemen.
0: Right. Sounders, Sounders, <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> so soccer now it's getting big. Um, Okay, Let's Before we get into the Sounders, because I've made Garrick wait this much, uh, just talking <laughs> Major League Soccer, Nashville game, I really enjoyed that. Now, I love watching Nashville, this expansion team that is really bringing it. They had a game against Toronto, and because of them, we will not have a revisitation of Seattle and Toronto again in the MS- MLS Cup. We'll find out who we are going to play Oh, by Yeah, <laughs> there
3: you go. <laughs>
1: And no no Philadelphia either. That's impressive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I was enjoying this game because uh, there was so much going on. There was a red card that should have happened that didn't. Mm -hmm. There were offsides that brought... I I would say it could be, and I can't confirm on this. I should ask the uh, encyclopedia of sports in our group. I almost think that the offsides that brought back uh, potential goals may be a record number in a playoff game, Rich. I want to say that
1: that you are right about that, Michelle. And if we talk about offsides and goals being disallowed, Remember LAFC had a goal that was disallowed because of an offsides that could have very well changed the complexion of the Sounders game against LAFC. But those are the breaks. Could
0: have. But it didn't. But it it did not, because the three
1: best best players on the pitch did their job. That's right.
0: In the end, uh, as we talked about last week, I am still feeling better than Bob. LAFC, one goal. Three goals via Raul uh, Burry-Diaz, Nikolaj Ladero, Jordan Morris. And now we're taking on the Western Conference semifinals against Dallas FC, which I think if we continue to be in the game and we're centered in cakewalk. Garrick, I I never
3: say cakewalk. (laughs) No such thing in soccer. Yeah, but but most certainly I'm glad that – the, a certain team that begins with a P word um, is not <laughs> not in our future.
0: Was I'm sorry to our Portland listeners. We do love you. We really do. We love but the listeners. We love the yeah. listeners. <laughs> some of the fans, you know. There you Timber, go. But, yeah.
1: Timber Joey can hibernate for another year, as far as yeah. I yeah. Know. yeah. They Aww. can put away the chainsaw. About-
0: that was beautiful. That was just a beautiful moment. You're just going, yes, yes. There is some <laughs> glimmer of hope in 2020 that makes life good, Garrick. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, Colorado is definitely a favor. or I mean, sorry, FC Dallas is definitely a favorable matchup for us, especially if we, I mean, I don't really think that there's a team in the playoffs that can beat us now that, um, that we're playing the way we are. We're firing out on cel- all cylinders. We're healthy. We've got depth in the bench and uh and we're just looking really good and i mean talk about kind of we being some back
0: week though we have some things to tweak let's be honest i mean we can revel in our victory for a moment but we missed a couple sitters that we probably sh- should not have missed uh there's some things that we can that we can definitely well, going forward
3: speaking as a forward myself <laughs> i i Yes. Be forward.
1: Be forward. I'll be Be forward forward
3: myself. (laughs) If you're a goalkeeper and you miss a shot, you know, then it could cost you the game. And it's true on the other end as a forward as well. Um, But we, we are connecting. I mean, I, it was so beautiful to watch Jordan Morris, the composure and the way that he finished that goal was, was just clinical. That is, that was not an easy, um, easy goal to convert. Um is a beautiful through ball and a great run into that that space, but to to get that finish, and it shows why it was that he is in the MLS um, top eleven players, and um, and Rui Diaz and of course Ladero had had a great game. I mean he was he was all over the place and just magnificent.
2: I, yeah. I also want to I also want to give a shout out to to Stefan Fry too on that penalty kick because. I mean, in the end, he just had to stand there and wait for the ball, but what happened in the you know, the 10 seconds before that, the, I don't know who it was that was, was lining up to kick, but he had that guy tied in knots and made it an easy, easy save, but the, the, just the whole mental game that he, he won decisively leading up to the, the actual kick was, was amazing.
0: So Sounders are going to be taking on Dallas. Uh, I am predicting we're going to go all the way. I, I would be really surprised if we didn't. And it would be one beautiful thing to happen besides Portland not making it in 2020. <laughs> yes. Yes, guys. Yeah.
1: Well, I think Sounders are the best team in the league left on the board. You, you can't say anything but that. And but Eric, have I, gotta, Eric, to- I, gotta, I have a question
3: <laughs> for you best goal of the year by uh morris in that game
0: one of them I, I mean he
3: yeah that's right he's had some good finishes this year but i definitely feel like that that was that was one of his best finishes yeah just yeah all the combination of the things that he did to draw draw the keeper over the way that he he was able to to slot it home it, it was beautiful it was a thing of beauty
0: Okay, I have a question, too, especially for maybe you, Garrick. Uh, Think of this, guys. We uh, we still have a chance of playing uh, some some of these final games and maybe even the end game at home. I don't know how that's going to play out because I haven't looked at all of the statistics after they changed. But will that really make a difference in 2020 with no fans?
3: I I absolutely think that it makes a difference uh, because you're familiar. It's your routine. It's your, your locker room. It's, it's all those things. And absolutely the fans make a huge difference, especially in Seattle. But I I think just all those other things, you definitely do have a home field advantage, not to mention the fact that, you know, we do play on an artificial surface and it can vary depending on, on the club that you play, whether or not you play on natural grass or artificial. And so, so I, I definitely think it, it works in our favor.
0: While we're talking soccer today, by the way, the uh, women, uh, women's national team played the Netherlands uh, again, and we looked at 2-0. Um, so that was pretty cool.
1: Yay. All
0: yeah. right. So, yeah, just wanted to throw that in. Go USA. Very, very cool. Uh, Josh, anything in our Mariners report that we need to be aware of in this off season? always
4: Uh, You know, one big suggestion I would have for people that are hungry for some, some Mariners is on Twitter. You can follow the Mariners minor leagues and you can get updates about how they're doing in some of their off season games or their other leagues that they're playing in. And, uh, but no, nothing, nothing too big to report on right now. I mean, I'm excited for what's going to come. You know, Jerry DePoto is always slinging deals. I mean, the one thing that, is is something that is potential. I don't think it's going to happen. Is uh, bringing in some outside pitching for for a trade, and I'm so, I just forgot the guy's name. I was on the Blake, tip of my tongue. Blake Snell, is who we talk Blake about. Snell, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It, who is a Washington native, and it could be exciting. He's a great pitcher. He won the Cy Young Award. I just think the price is going to be too high, guys. I don't think that. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think that they're going to give him up without taking like Julio Rodriguez. You know, they're going to want one of our top prospects. And I just don't think that that is worth it right now, especially with the pitching that we have coming up from our system. If we can get a deal for it, I mean, you know, I love Haniger, but I'd be willing to see Hanniger go. But he's with the injury he hasn't played for over a year. I don't know if that's going to happen, you know. And so you, you kind of get the sense that, like, yes, we have a lot of outfielders coming up. We could lose an outfielder, but man, not Kellnick. Not J-Rod. Those two guys have superstar potential. Those are not the kind of guys you want to give up. So we'll see what happens.
0: All right. And I have some good news, too. As we're moving into 2021, your Seattle Seawolves, if you are not familiar with Major League Rugby, wherever you're listening in the world, uh, the USA has finally gotten on the rugby train and uh, the Seattle Seawolves have consistently come on top. Uh, winning their their final shield in these inaugural years which is exciting and they will be back on the pitch in February so that is really good news you know we've had some sports kind of circum we're looking and, and of rugby guys seriously of all sports who I would imagine will be just like we're gonna play anyway we're out there I would think rugby would be the sport don't you
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Seriously. And Seriously. and I I was uh, I was in Walmart at, at Factoria and I see these two just big looking dudes. And I said, are you guys rugby players? No, <laughs> I mean, they, they were just they, I mean, they look like rugby players. And they said, how did you know? And I said, well, I'm a soccer player and and I've lived in England. And and uh, and they said, yeah, we, we, we play for the Seawolves. And one of them was yeah. from uh, from Canada and one of them I think from New Zealand or Australia, and just the nicest guys too. Um, and and then okay.
1: I used to go. Go ahead. Pardon.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I used to go down to the Washington Athletic Club for um, a, a men's group, the Fellowship, and um, that was where they stayed as well. And so um, so it was and and where they trained. And so it was great to see them down there. And they're just really, really a, a great great bunch of guys.
0: Get geared up for it because there is something special. There really is something special about rugby. I've I've watched a lot of sports, as you guys have as well. And maybe you would concur that in the sports realm, I, they play harder, rougher, more aggressive than maybe any other sport out there, arguably. But yet they are the team that comes together in the end, the, the uh, sport that comes together in the end, they all I'll go get a beer afterwards. They're the sport that uh, they say uh, that it's the thugs game played by gentlemen. There so is- here,
3: Here's the phrase, Michelle. This, this is uh, from England. Soccer. Yes. Yes. And so hey. soccer is the Gentlemen's game played by hooligans, and rugby is the hooligans' <laughs> game played by gentlemen. And the reason for that is because in England, and here's another backwards thing that they have, but they call the the private schools there they call them public schools, and so rugby is played by public schoolboys, which means kind of the the wealthier and the elite um, they play rugby, um, but the game is more wild and and more of a hooligans type game, whereas soccer is well at least it had been <laughs> traditionally but is more of a gentleman's game just the way that it's it's called the beautiful game right and so anyway that uh, and and uh, well,
0: here in and here in the US uh, we've kind of taken that uh replaced hooligans with thugs and talked about how how people play the game where in soccer you know there's a lot of rolling on the pitch and you know it's kind of in In rugby, if you're going to bring someone down, you're not going to do it sneaky. Your bitch, boom, it's just right out there. And then there's the going and having a beer afterwards. I wish that our society could play the game of life a little bit more like that where maybe uh, when we're debating things or when we're passionate about things we you know we can play it hard and we can debate hard but afterwards can we just all get along let's let's just go out and, and uh, have a beer have a coffee and just get along that's what I would really like guys it's time for our final shot Garrick, you like going first because everyone seems to feel your thunder. So we're gonna give you the thunder this time.
3: Well, thank you, Michelle. I I have a special final shot today. Um, and I was gonna make it really broad because I, I think yesterday being Thanksgiving, I think everybody who who navigated Thanksgiving like we've never known it before deserves my final shot. But <clears throat> But there are two two ladies that are a part of my life. Um, I have three boys, but there's two ladies, and one of them is my wife, of course, Anna, and she made. And I mean, we worked together on the meal, but but she really made this amazing, incredible meal for our family, and you know, we unfortunately we didn't have extended family around. But, uh, but I just want to give my final shot to my wife. That's one of the ladies. And then my mom, my mom, who is 86 years old. And, uh, you know, obviously in that high risk category age wise, um, she's strong, stronger than ever though. But, but I know it's really hard for her not to be with, with our whole family together. And so we did a little zoom call at (laughs) at nine o'clock last night, just to kind of check in with, with folks. But, um, but final shot to all the people who, who just had a, a, tough, um, a tough Thanksgiving. Uh, but, but I think a lot of people made it very special. And, uh, and I, I'm really grateful,
2: very thankful to God for a great Thanksgiving. Brent? Um, I'm going to my shout out will be to, I guess, the memory of Diego Maradona. Uh, very complicated figure, obviously, had all sorts of personal issues but also just some, you know, eternally memorable moments. Um, <laughs>
3: the hand of the God. Uh, ni- <laughs> you know,
2: the, Well, the 1986 World Cup, the hand of God goal, which he actually bragged about, uh, knocking the ball into the goal with his hand and, and saying later on, because it was against England, um, that it was vengeance for the Falklands War. So we talk about politics <laughs> and sports. But he also had... Just one of the most brilliant legitimate goals you've ever seen in that game too. So um, yeah, just there's a lot of things you could say about him, but you know he passed away this week, so we'll just remember him.
0: There you go. Rich?
1: Well, if we take a look at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and football go hand in hand, and we have to be very thankful for a hidden story behind the Washington football team yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys, Ron Rivera coaching an NFL season and going through chemotherapy for cancer at the same time. And then his quarterback, Alex Smith, not playing for nearly two years because of a compound fracture and a broken leg, 17 surgeries comes back and leads his team to a much needed victory. They are ahead in the NFC East. We make a lot of jokes about the NFC East this year, but that's two stories, two men. Making the best out of bad situations. What endurance,
0: endurance,
1: endurance. Is things to be thankful for, all around. Go.
0: Joshua McMillan, who uh, I'm going to give a mini shout out to, had me over for Thanksgiving. Thank you.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we had that oh, bacon wrapped turkey, it. and
0: he did bacon wrapped turkey. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But Ooh, it was in a generosity. shallow pan so At one point, we opened the, uh, the oven and there was like flames everywhere, but it didn't affect the turkey. It was like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right it there. was
4: part of the plan. We had a smoked turkey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Final shot, Josh.
4: You know, my final shot is actually going to go out to, to Pete Carroll, and john snyder um sometimes we forget how, how lucky we are to have them but you know pete carroll a couple weeks ago signing that extension i'm excited to have him around here for longer because think, look at the environment that he creates around here and look at how people want to play for this team this franchise is you know we, we take it for granted i think sometimes but it's it, one of the best run franchises in the nfl period and you see guys like i mentioned earlier snacks harrison saying no i want to play here i want to be here guys want to play in seattle people want to be with this team because they like the leadership we they run a clean facility they take care of their guys You know, people come here after playing for places like, you know, I'm sure coming from the Bengals with Carlos Dunlap, he's, he's probably here too thinking, man, this is nice. I like this. I'm on a team that wins. Like they'll make me smoothies and Pete Carroll's got the energy, you know, like the, the, the youngest, oldest head coach in the league, (laughs) you know? So I'm, I'm so thankful to have those guys around and leading this Hawks franchise.
0: Because I think all of us have been in a job where you don't feel appreciated, where things are kind of backwards. And when you go someplace where they've got it all together, you be quiet, (laughs) then you go somewhere when they have it all together. And it's such a blessing man. I want to, I want to exude that to the people who work for me, you know, so it's a life lesson, Pete Carroll way to go. My final shot uh, goes to the athletes who made a difference this Thanksgiving first, Beating America announced on Wednesday that Michael Jordan had donated $2 million to help those facing Amen. Yeah, the proceeds of the donation came from their pretty successful ESPN documentary about Jordan's Chicago Bulls team in the Mm 90s. To 98 season called The Last Dance. That, I mean, that's incredible, you know, taking that success and doing something with it. But I have to end with this one to the man who went from beast mode to feast mode. Former Seahawks coming <laughs> back, Marshawn Lynch handed out 200 free turkeys near Honolulu's Aloha Stadium. You nice. know, uh, having lived in Hawaii, and I love Hawaii, poverty in Hawaii can be really great. And it's not easy to get off island to go somewhere else to find another job. They're being hit as well, really hard. So God bless you, Marshawn Lynch. And to the, all of you who try to make a difference when times are tough, instead of hunkering down and feeling sorry for ourselves, playing that game, continuing the run and not giving up like we talked about at the beginning of the show, guys, as the Seahawks have you know, kind of faltered. Coming together, loving your brother, finding your footing, and playing the game of life. That is what it's all about. To me, that's the God story, and that's why we take this sports time out. Garrick Payne, Rich Hallström, Joshua McMillan, Brent Baker, and I am Michelle Mendoza. You've been listening to Sports Time Out, and there's more fun at My Michelle Live.
1: My Michelle Live, Sports Time Out.
0: Don't go anywhere. We're not quite done yet. You get to stay for the after party. Party. Wait, are we, are we there? Are we there? We're we're there. there. We're there. Welcome to the after party uh, where we just kind of, well, they have no form or formalities. It just kind of happens. Uh, Garrick, you wanted to say something uh, soccer-related, and and I wanted to mention, uh, Brent, uh, we did a little bit of digging. Our Washington governor did not go to Hawaii, but the fact that he was kind of considering it is kind of news about. Well, that. There no,
2: poli- there's, there's enough politicians that are doing the opposite of what they're saying. Uh, he's, so he's kind of guilty by association there. <laughs> Right,
0: you well, had a comment, Garrick.
3: I did, I did, it, and it was—it's actually a comment that someone else made. What—what um, what is that guy's? Do can you? Any of you remember the name of the guy who is with Taylor Twellman on on ESPN Soccer? Um, you know who
0: would know because Taylor Twellman never shuts up. I mean, he just. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Taylor Twelman uh, talks longer than any of the goals that he ever scored in <laughs> Major League Soccer. That's what we know. That's what we know.
0: No he, room he, to talk. No, he, I have no room to talk. Yeah. Well, he, well he,
4: anyway. They they yeah, made... wait. Hold on really quick. Weren't you the one that your teacher said you're never going to get anywhere in life talking all the time when you got the shyest boy in class? <laughs> right. to talk? Uh, that's what they said. <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> what they said to me. And then I just rolled out of the room.
0: Amen. Amen. oh you know what? OK, I, here's a shout out to Pat Wall from my first grade class. He was the shyest boy in the class, never talked to anyone. So my teacher thinking, you know, he's not going to even talk to Michelle, puts me next to him. And she said he's become a problem child now. Because <laughs> you're never going to so get anywhere in life if, he, if by talking, and here I am a talk show host. So you know, God can use anything. Hallelujah, Garrett, you
3: you're no, it's it's all good. This is great, but um, but they were. It was right at the very, just almost at the final whistle, and they were talking and comparing Seattle with LAFC, and. Okay and this, uh, this commentator, he comes oh. up with some crazy metaphors, but I love this one. This was beautiful. It says, and I, I actually typed it out because I thought it was so awesome. It says, you look at Seattle and they're somewhat of the Rolls Royce of MLS. Premium brand, carefully built, full of luxury parts, utterly reliable. You know what you're going to get. And then you've got LAFC. <laughs> who are a bit like a luxury sports car. They look great and can be wonderful and can lift you out of your seat with the thrill, but they're not quite so good in adverse conditions. And just occasionally, usually when it really matters, they can let you down. Oh, man. <laughs> so the- by the, by the <laughs> way,
1: the person you're thinking of, uh, Garrick, is John Champion. Thank you. That Thank is you. Yep. the play by play announcer. Who's yes,
2: was
0: an even better quote than the one with uh, what was it? The Flamingo, you guys remember the
2: <laughs> Flamingo, flamingo drinking a... out of a taking a, a drink of wine out of a cement mixer. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was like, I don't even know what that meant.
3: <laughs> but, but then Taylor actually chimed in with, think... with with something really great about the Sounders, he said. But on the other hand, you look at a franchise that came into Major League Soccer in the Seattle Sounders, who in 12 straight years made the playoffs. So to go to your analogy, that fits to a T. Sometimes some of us on the outside, we get caught up looking at the new shiny toy, the Atlantas and the LAFCs, and we try and use that LAFC 2.0 or Atlanta 2.0 or whatever. But Seattle from day one have literally written the textbook on how to do this. 12 straight years, and they've lost players to injury, lost players to transfer or whatever it may be. And yet consistently they've been there. If they win the MLS Cup this year, which we're all hoping they do, uh, it's single handedly the best dynasty the league has ever seen. And that includes the Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, Beckham, LA Galaxy era. Taylor, and that was again, a great to- quote.
0: To our Portland listeners, I'm sorry that must have hurt to hear again. But <laughs> what do you do?
3: They what do know you it's true. I, I,
2: they, I have a, they know. I have a question. I have a question.
0: Portland's okay, a pretty good. and t- You're not going to hear me mm. praise Portland very much, but they have a pretty good team. So there you go. But pretty good didn't cut it this year.
2: <laughs> Brent, my question is: Does ESPN require there an, an, at least one announcer with a British accent to be calling their games? It just seems like. I, I don't know I it's hard to tune into a broadcast where there there isn't it, it's not really a problem but I just I just laugh at it after a while it's like does this make it sound more sound more legitimate
3: <laughs> well I thought it was so weird that the Mariners had a uh I mean it was the guy from Australia
2: yeah um, but he actually played for them
3: oh, okay well <laughs> it just seemed odd when when I heard yeah. him on there I thought oh I didn't know Aussies knew that yeah, much about baseball, but he was a former
2: player, huh? He was a By former way, mariner. Very, really, yeah. Uh, Ryan Ryan Roland Smith, Smith yeah. yeah a he's just, he's just a, oh,
0: there you oh, go, yeah. encyclopedia, <laughs> encyclopedia.
1: <laughs> and also, also the thing about Ryan Roland Smith, he also played in the Olympics for Australia. So oh, you've got to yeah. give it, you've got to give it to him. For him, yeah. give it to him. So, now,
0: see, this is kind of what happens when we're Facebooking. We just kind of, we're, we're watching sports, and you, we, oh, I always keep my phone on because whatever sports is going on, there's going to be a ding from one of you guys, and we kind of weigh in, and you know, it's kind of how we keep in contact. It's not official, it just kind of happens, and it sounds a little bit like this, doesn't it? It's
1: like that. that- extra slice of pumpkin pie with a little more whipped cream
2: on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pecan.
0: Uh, Josh Williams.
2: This, this, this is the pecan pie. <laughs> I'm, decadent. I'm oh, there it is. Decadent and overly sweet. Family <laughs> things. Over here
0: well that's because josh is the one person that has like little ones in the household so of course yeah. he's just drafted. way and we're
4: on the way i got got the kiddo sorry i didn't hear your discussion i was getting questions asked of me
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so you're not- dealing
3: with the important things the real important things of life actually yeah <laughs>
0: I know. And I keep telling you, my, my dad said football is life and Jesus is life, not necessarily in that order. So, you know, <laughs> we're trying to get our priorities straight here. But guys, I, we promised we kind of keep it to five minutes because we all have stuff to do. But man, what a fun, what a fun run today.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Excellent.
3: Excellent.
0: We are the day after Thanksgiving. I am so thankful that we've come together like this family. You know, I, I grew up without brothers and I'm not going to get teary eyed saying this, but for the first time in my life, I am surrounded by brothers and I couldn't be happier.
3: Amen. Thank you for letting us be part of the program. Your Your blessing blessing. to us too. Yep. <laughs> too too muhy doesn't go the with brothers
4: here we don't we don't mush <laughs> amen
0: <laughs> football. all right guys we'll catch you next week
2: for more fun go to myMiellelive.com